What's going on, everybody? And welcome to the first episode of Stat Chasers. Not not in love with that. We're definitely going to work on the intro there. But I'm your host, <laughs> Dylan Hunzinger of Thunder Chats. Ho! And I am joined by our favorite Canadian, Stuart Gardner of Raptors Rundown. What's up, everybody? And Matthew Mullins of Matty Mole's Pop. What's good, my pop peeps? Alright, guys, how we doing today? Doing Blessed good. by the best, man. Can't complain. Alright, we uh it's been it's been a crazy time in the NBA ever since the playoffs have ended. Um you know, we've had the draft, we've had free agency, we've had a million trades happen. Um based on the off season, we're gonna break down our top five of uh who did the best to improve their team. So Maddie, why don't you go ahead and kick us off, brother? Man, who said I gotta go first? This guy right here. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I guess I will start. Uh, I'll work from number five down. How's that? That that works perfectly. All right. So I'll, I'll go with the the Nuggets. Um, they retained Joker. They they uh, they gave him a uh, full max contract. They brought uh, Will Barton back. Um, a lot of people thought that he might actually uh, be gone. Nobody knew what his market was going to be, um, but he's a very solid contributor for them. And then uh, uh, they got Michael Porter Jr. Uh, in the draft uh, at, what was it, 14? Um, yeah. And so that could very well end up being the steal, although uh, Kevin Knox is looking like he might be the steal. Um, but Shut anyway, up. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I knew it was coming. <laughs> um, so I think the Nuggets at number five. Uh, I got to give Phoenix uh, some props at number four. Uh, eight and pick was great. It was kind of a no-brainer. They knew that he was going to stay in state. I like his fit on the team. They gave a full max to Booker. Um, Booker signed. Some people were talking about how – Booker might not commit to the team. There might have been some turmoil in the locker room. Now it was just all drama. So they got him locked up. Uh, they got a, a really nice core there in Phoenix. So are bright in the desert. Um, I like Oklahoma City at three. Some people may think that's a little, uh, a little low. Uh, but taking my Homer glasses off, retaining Paul George, and his award-winning documentary, uh, that was just really a huge – it was a pivotal moment in Oklahoma City's franchise history. It took away the sting that the media could throw or the shade that the media could throw at Russ, saying that nobody wants to play with him, that he's such a difficult player. Um, Paul George just squashed all that. He chose Oklahoma City and Russell Westbrook over LeBron James – and the Lakers, um, another team that plays in California, the Golden Snake Warriors. Um, Dude, you did there. The uh, yeah, they they retained uh, Kevin Durant. I'm going to call him Snack One, and I'm going to call Demarcus Cousins Snack Number Two. He had a chance to stay in New Orleans. Uh, they offered him forty million dollars on a two-year deal. And he decided that he was going to go stack the deck in Golden State, 
he's going to probably win a title. They're not going to need him into the playoffs. He's going to get to showcase his talents against whoever the number eight seed is in the West. And then he's going to get a full max deal. I understand it from a career standpoint, but from a competition and, and competitive standpoint, it was a real weak move, especially after Davis wore his jersey to All-Star Weekend. It was just uh, – it was a, a garbage thing to do. Um, but he's an amazing talent, and they have him as their fifth All-Star. Yeah. So the rich get richer there uh, out by the bay. And then staying in California, uh, whenever you get the number one player in the world, you have to put them number one. So – LeBron James going to the Lakers. That was a phenomenal job by Magic Johnson. His job stays intact because he said, if I don't bring anybody here in the next two summers, then I will step down. Well, he's not going to have to after bringing the King to Los Angeles. But what is you doing? Bringing Rajon Rondo, giving KCP another deal. Lance Stevenson is good at times, but he's not really a legit floor spacer. I I just – what spacing are they going to have? Kuzma is going to have to play out of his mind for this thing to work next year. Um, I do like Ingram. I like his potential. But ultimately, the, the Lakers, they, they would have been an emphatic number one by getting LeBron. I just – I don't like their other moves, but I'm sure other people will hit on those later. All right, there you go. That was Maddie Moles. Stuart, give us your uh, opinion, your top five, and uh, I think you had an honorable mention as well. I, do. I have a couple honorable mentions, um, but uh, before before I get into any of that, I want to say uh, it's been a crazy NBA offseason to kick it off, which makes it a really great offseason to, I don't know, maybe start an NBA podcast. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I'm That works. I'm gonna do uh, I'm gonna do the reverse, Maddie, because uh, we have a lot of similarities in the top of our rankings. So I'm gonna buzz through them really quickly. Uh, at number one, I have Golden State. Anytime you sign a fifth All Star to complement your other four All Stars, I think that marks you out as the clear winner of free agency. Injury aside, and obviously we'll have to see how Boogie does come back from the uh, Achilles injury. Um, at number two, I have Indiana, who I'm surprised that Maddie didn't mention at all. Uh, I think signing Tyreek Evans, signing Kyle O'Quinn, signing Doug McDermott, uh, all those are pretty good-looking deals for them and really help to improve their bench. And that's uh, a young team in need of depth. And I think this could prime them to push further into the playoffs in an East that's getting weaker. Um, at number three, I got the Lakers. Uh, not only for LeBron, but I'm – I'm like, Matty, I'm thrilled. Uh, I think the Rondo signing is a really good signing for the Lakers. In particular, we'll wait and see. But uh, if they retain Lonzo, I think Rondo's a pretty good mentor for him in that they, Rondo and Lonzo are pretty similar players at this stage in their careers anyways. Yeah. Uh, at number four, at the Utah Jazz, uh, they had a good run in playoffs. Sorry to the Oklahoma City, run, o- Oklahoma City fans uh, uh. on that one. But Utah looked really good in the playoffs, and they brought back all their pieces, which is really all you need to do if you're that young and having success. And then at number five, I got OKC. Resigning Paul George is, for all the reasons Maddie said, it's a good look culture-wise and all that. And it just 
keeps them when everyone else in your uh, conference got much stronger. So it's a good look for you guys. Now, I got two honorable mentions. Uh, for an actual honorable mention, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers, who I feel are close to uh, with they uh, signed Bialika, who I really like, and they re-signed Amir Johnson, who I was a Raptors fan, I really, really liked, um, as well as J.J. Redick. I think they're one big signing away from having a very good free agency. And then I have an honorable mention slash dishonorable mention for the Phoenix Suns, who did have a very good draft, and Maxine Booker was a good move. But uh, giving Trevor Ariza $15 million to do I don't know what on that team is one of the most bizarre moves this free agency so far, I think. That's, yep. That's all fair. Uh, you know, I, I, I think it was weird that they paid him so much too, but I don't really care because it took him away from the Rockets. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, to your point about Utah, though, bringing back all their pieces – Oh, no, no. They did not bring back a certain Jonas Urebko. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, fair. <laughs> you know, he was the difference maker. He, he was, was the core, the heart and soul of that team. You got me there. Exactly. It's, it's cool. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm the host. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. Um, you know, there's I, actually, there's complete similarities in my rankings because I went last, but – I got some fresh takes on all of them, so here we go. Um, I'm going to go five to one, and then I'm, I have a dishonorable mention. So, uh, at number five, we got Indiana Pacers. Um, you know, they signed Tyreek Evans. They signed Kyle O'Quinn and Doug McDermott. Uh, and I think, you know, you know, you all talked about how they fit or how they are going to fit into the system, but – I'm talking a little bit about how they're going to fit alongside Oladipo. Um, Tyreek Evans can alleviate some of the ball handling abilities or responsibilities to Vic, from Victor Oladipo. McDermott's a guy who played with Oladipo for the latter half of the season last year. Or not last year, the season before that with OKC. So they've got a little bit of chemistry going. And then Kyle O'Quinn's just a serviceable big man who can uh, back up Miles Turner and Demonis Sabonis which both are young, budding, I guess they stars, but really promising players for the Pacers. Um, L.A. is my number four. And the reason I have L.A. at number four, yes, they signed LeBron James, but they also signed what I've uh, so lovingly referred to as a team full of head cases. <laughs> and Lance Stevenson, JaVale McGee, Rajon Rondo, and just completely overpaying, in my opinion, for KCP. I don't know how you guys feel about $12 million for one year for KCP, but I, I don't think it's worth it. Um, as long as he doesn't play half his games in an ankle monitor this season, I think he's in for success. Hey, actually, I think, it, I think that makes it worth it because <laughs> we're talking about you even more. Um, <laughs> But the the fact that, you know, the game LeBron, which is awesome, but they ha- have all these questionable signings, um, it looks like if they're going to make any more moves, they're going to have to throw away part of their future, which would be Lonzo, Kuzma, or Ingram. Um, and so far, they missed out on Paul George. They missed out on DeMarcus Cousins. 
doesn't look like they're going to get Kawhi Leonard. You know, there's talks about getting another trade, uh, another piece through trade, but right now the Lakers, they have LeBron, which don't get me wrong, LeBron's the biggest piece that you can get. But right now you're batting like one for four. <laughs> um, and then I got the Nuggets at number three. Same reasons Maddie said. You know, you bring back Jokic and Barton, bring back stability. Um, you know, obviously contributing pieces to a playoff team. Um, but you bring back a healthy Paul Millsap and you bring back Michael Porter Jr. in that roster. And you plug him alongside of shooters and Jamal Murray and Gary Harris. And uh, you just said the salary of Wilson Chandler. I mean, I think you got a solid team. Um, I think this is the year they finally push through and make it through the playoffs. Bold prediction alert, first episode. Without without a game being played, even in the preseason, I'm predicting Nuggets to the playoffs. Um, but, yeah, that, that's what I think about the Nuggets. In Golden State, um, obviously the signing of Cousins is huge, and I'm not discounting that because he's the best big man in the league um, around most circles. But they lost uh, – who was it? They lost JaVale McGee. Uh, Swaggy P doesn't look to be re-signing. Caspi's gone. Um, who was it? I think McCall's gone. They're, they're losing a lot of the ancillary pieces. And, sure, you know, you're top-heavy with those top five stars, but you got to have some depth. And – I realize that's more of a joke than anything, but realistically, you have Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, DeMarcus Cousins, and Andre Iguodala. Four of your top six players all have legitimate injury concerns for the past few seasons. Um, so I, I think people should pump the brakes a little bit on its uh, foregone conclusion Golden State wins the title. That's just me. And then number one, the team that made the best moves in the offseason – are the Oklahoma City Thunder. And first, getting Paul George to come back. Then you get Jamie Grant to re-sign a three-year deal. You bring back Raymond Felton, some stability at the backup point guard. One of the best backup point guards we've had since Reggie Jackson. Um, much better than Smosh Christian, who went 0 for 10 the other night, by the way. <laughs> uh, and then you lose Carmelo. To me, that's addition by subtraction. Uh, I feel like we have players that can fill that role offensively but can not be a liability defensively. And you bring back a healthy Andre Robertson and you sign Nermos Noel. To me, those are some huge moves that Oklahoma City has made. Plus, if this Hamadou Diallo thing works out, that's just another thing in your favor. So, yeah, that, that's why I think Oklahoma City is number one, man. That's, that's just me. You can call me a homer all you want. I know you want to, Stu, but that's – I was going to say – Boy, Dylan, do you think our listeners are going to figure out which team you're a fan of right away? <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the fact that I said I'm from Thunder Chats didn't, didn't throw it Well, off. I might have tipped them off. It's a good point. <laughs> um, but last thing, though, I have dishonorable mention. For San Antonio Spurs, shout out to my boy Benny Walsh. Pour um, one out for him. Man, your, your team. <laughs> Dark what day. is going on? Kawhi is in shambles. Tony Parker is going to the Hornets. Kyle Anderson is going to the Grizzlies. Pau Gasol is older than dirt. All you have right now is really LaMarcus Aldridge and DeJounte Murray. Um, I can't see 
Like, I honestly do not see Greg Popovich coming back to coach this team. And that sucks because I feel so bad for Popovich after what happened to his wife earlier this year. But, man, what a time to be a Spurs fan. And it's, it's, it's not a good time to be a Spurs fan. <laughs> And this is um, actually, I think it's prime time. We haven't really scheduled time later in the podcast to talk about it, so I think it's time. Can we discuss the the uh, Cowie situation a little bit and how bizarre that whole mess is? Yeah, man, kick us off, Stu. Uh, sure. I just, and this has been my complaint since day one, is I keep hearing he wants to leave San Antonio to help his brand, but like his brand is a guy who doesn't talk. That's not a brand that sells. Like, I, I, I don't – his primary motivation, when I keep hearing people say why he wants to leave the Spurs, makes no sense to me. And it, the whole situation is bizarre just based off that. Yeah, man. I mean, his, his whole little stigma. You know, he doesn't talk. He doesn't smile. He's just, you know, the prototypical – just play basketball guy and there's literally no better team in the league for a guy like that than San Antonio Spurs and so the fact that you know he's so put off by playing there anymore playing for Popovich specifically it's just a wild situation what do you got to say about it Maddie? yeah so I think that there's still it's not a hundred percent done deal that he's out of San Antonio this year, right? But mm. I don't think it's a hundred percent that he's out of San Antonio indefinitely. Like I may be reading too much through the tea leaves, but I think that he was using a lot of that stuff as a power move uh, because it's him against Pop, right? Like Popovich is is the big the big guy there because he's he's been the He's had so much success. Um, but Tony Parker's no longer with San Antonio, right? Who yeah. was it that came out and said, man, my injury is much worse than Kawhi's? Tony Parker. Yeah. So do you think that maybe it was a move through some of this? And Kawhi, since he's so quiet, basically used his – his uncle and his uh, used his crew to, to do those power moves against pop because what else is San Antonio going to do in a loaded West that just added LeBron James? That's actually, um, that's actually, that's a really good point. And it's important to remember too, because Cowie doesn't talk everything that we've heard so far in this quote unquote saga is just hearsay. Like, it's, there's not really any concrete information that's come out of any of the either camp just because of the parties handling it. Yeah, for sure. And um, it's interesting what you said, Maddie, because, you know, he pushed Tony Parker out, and there's obvious issues with Popovich. And, you know, in the past, there hasn't been a player for the Spurs that, if they said it's me or Pop, that was going to win that battle. I think Kawhi Leonard might be the one player that could win that battle with the Spurs front office mm-hmm. if it came down to it. That being and, said, 
Um, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say they have lots of uh, built-in off-ramps here too, right? So Popovich could ride off into the sunset, and I had a great career, and I'm going to hand the keys to Becky Hammond, for instance, right? And that'd be a great story. Um, The media would be on their side. And and that's not to say, you know, just because she's a female, but like that, that gets a lot of, that get a lot of notoriety. And I think that it was a brilliant move, them moving her up uh, even now to be, to be his, you know, right hand person. Right. Yeah. Um, So they're grooming her, I think, to eventually replace pop and they're not going to put her in a position to fail that's an organization that's too well run to to do that right so Kawhi is the type of person that he's the type of player that you want to build around who's a two-way player and makes things a lot easier especially as a first-time head coach so I don't know. I, I think that there's still a lot of effort on the Spurs part to mend the relationship. And I don't know that it's 100% a done deal that Kawhi is out of there just because if, if you take a, a holistic look and you, you tune out, you know, the, the jump and all the ESPN and Fox sports uh, critics uh, or, or quote unquote experts, the Spurs have a legitimate way to save face on all sides of the equation and still keep Kawhi there. So anyway, yeah, ran over. No, you're fine. Um, I, uh, it's interesting, you know, everything you said and, you know, like everything you said with that being said, like, I don't remember who said it, but there's basically like, if Kawhi really wants out, he'll force his way out. It was, you know, and it goes back to Carmelo Anthony, um, at the Denver Nuggets, you know, Carmelo Anthony decided I'm going to play for the New York Knicks. You're going to trade him to the New York Knicks or, you know, I'm not going to resign with that team and I'm, I'm not going to play for you. Like he drew his line and stand. He wasn't going to move. Kawhi Leonard could do that. He, he could just refuse to play. I mean, he can pull the move he's been pulling about not wanting to resign with the team. All those reported that Sixers might be a team that he's willing to resign with in the future. You know, if Kawhi really wants out there, he can force his way out of there. But, you know, it's like you said, like, maybe it's not the case. Maybe he doesn't necessarily want out of there. Maybe he just wants some changes to be made and some heads to roll. Yeah, no, it's um, it's definitely, that for my money at least, the most interesting ongoing situation in the NBA right now. And it's that, that there's so many different angles we all can look at it is – pretty fascinating to me do you, do you want to uh move on to free agents Bill? yeah man you know there's a there's a few more free agents out there and i'll say a few and it's like 20 but uh there's a few more free agents out there and you guys can uh kind of give your prediction of where they're gonna land and if you want to you could do where their best fit would be so maddie go ahead and get us started with clint capella yeah that's a very compelling uh, person to start with. Dad jokes for days. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't need any music in the background. I'll do this a cappella. Uh, 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 
God. Yeah. All right. I'm done. Um, I think he stays in Houston. They can offer him uh, a ton of money. It's just right now, I think Capella is uh, saying he's unhappy with the negotiations and, and what he's been offered um, as a means to potentially leverage other teams to get that number up. Because why would Houston break the bank to, to keep Capella if they don't have to, especially knowing that they're going to be paying uh, 78-year-old uh, Chris Paul 40-plus million um, it's it's just business sense, and Maury is smart. So I think Capella stays there, but I think the deal may be short, a short-term deal, and he may try to re-enter the market in two years because he doesn't want to compete with next year's market. What do you guys think about the possibility of, you know, and not to steal your thunder for the next person, Stu, but um, the Rockets losing not only reason, not only in Bob Mute, but Clint Capella. What what does the Rockets situation, um, I guess landscape in the West look like if they bring back James Harden, Chris Paul, and a bunch of role players? My um my biggest like my biggest issue with that if I'm Houston is all those other guys, it seems to a degree at least, that they have kind of a replacement plan in place. And they do with Capella with uh, the Zhao Kui, I think, the, the Chinese kid. And, yeah. um, but he's not ready yet. And so I think if they lose Capella, it's their plan is probably get Capella back for two years until Kui is ready to start. And um, if they lose Capella and they have to start Kui right away, that might really mess him up and mess up Houston's long-term plans. Come on, Capella. You know what you have to do. <laughs> I, I would be willing to say that if Capella – this may be a hot take. If Capella doesn't re-sign with Houston, they may miss the playoffs. He's oh. pretty, he is, in my opinion, just follow one hot take with another. I would say he's as important for Houston as Steven Adams is for OKC. I in am. different ways, but – if you take both those guys off those teams, those teams are a lot worse. That's fair to an extent. Um, I, you know, I've heard a lot of people – another hot take. <laughs> I've heard a lot of people say that, um, you know, with in relation to the Kawhi situation, you know, there's like if you had to move Adam for Kawhi, would you? And obviously you do because, you know, there's not very many people that can bring you what Kawhi brings you. And while it is a step back, from Adams, like, for instance, we have Nervous Noel on the roster. Nervous Noel is definitely a step back from Adams, but a lot of what you get from Steven Adams, you can get from Nervous Noel. And that being a guy that can finish lobs, a guy that can rebound the basketball and protect the rim. Obviously, he's not going to be able to do the intangibles as good, but you can get by with, a, I guess, like a lower-tier player at that point. Um, that being said – if Capella waited this long and leaves the Rockets, there's not a lot of options out there to replace him. Basically none. Yeah. So that's, that, that'll be a situation to keep an eye on, but you, you're saying ultimately you think he goes to Houston, Maddie? I do. I think he probably goes on like a, like a two for 36 or something like that type deal. Maybe, maybe a three 
with the third year being a player option, just in case something happens to give him a little security there. But I think it's ultimately a two-year deal. Yeah. Man, just – I hate to dwell on this, but just think about how much the league would have changed if Phoenix took Doncic number one. And then because they said they, they was they was willing to offer Capella a max contract, and then they signed Clint Capella. Like, what happens to the league? Like, the draft, the domino effect there, and then what Houston has to do to replace Capella, like – been crazy. <laughs> well, I would have said at that point that Phoenix has a better record than Houston. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That I don't think that's a hot take. I think that that would be kind of consensus. All right, but enough about Clint Capella. Stu, tell me about – we're going to switch gears, man, since we just mentioned him. Uh, talk about Luke Ricard and Bob Mute. Break some news for us, too. Oh, well, it's all right. Let's, uh, I think we're a little behind Woz and Shams on this one. But uh, <laughs> Luke Richard and Bob Mute uh, signed with the LA Clippers, which uh, saved me a lot of work on this segment. Uh, <laughs> he's a good fit there. Um, he's a good wing defender. And that's, at this stage, a rebuilding team that just wants to not get embarrassed every night. So he's a solid pickup for them, I think. Yeah, they got him for a really cheap deal, too, the one-year 4.3, which makes me really sad because I would have loved to have him on OKC and we could offer 5.3. So, um, I, I'm trusting Preston knows what he's doing, but, uh, you know, good for Luke. And I'm happy he's away from Houston because that's just another four-spacing long defender we don't have to deal with. Or really the whole Western Conference doesn't have to deal with. All right, my turn. Marcus Smart. Um, really, this is a guy who can fit almost anywhere just because um, the defense that he provides to the team um, and really the energy and the drive that he provides to a second unit. But ultimately, he is a restrictor free agent, and I feel like Boston is going to end up with Marcus Smart. Um, even though they could stand to lose him because they have Terry Rozier as a backup to Kyrie Irving. Um, nobody really knows what Boston's going to do. You know, people have talked about Boston maybe going after Kawhi Leonard, and if they was going to do that, then presumably they'd have to give up possibly Kyrie Irving. And if you give up Kyrie Irving, you don't want to just um, – uh, analogy <laughs> – Whatever, with Terry Rozier, you want to have some stability at the point guard spot. So, yeah, I, I feel like Marcus Smart goes back to Boston. Yeah. You know, it's think... a smart thing to do. <laughs> Very classic um, yeah, I think he fits best in Boston. And my guess would be he's got Brad Stevens and Danny Age in his ear telling him that he's a part of what they're trying to do long term. I'd be surprised if he doesn't end up re-signing there. Yep, that's fair. All right, Maddie, the man, the myth, the legend, the the short person, Isaiah Thomas. Uh, I think they prefer little people. Well, <laughs> um, he, uh, uh, if you follow social media, um, people have been blowing up saying that he's been uh, following Orlando Magic players and the organization. Um, there's been a report that's been refuted saying that he's working through uh, contract 
negotiation with them. I think he's just doing his due diligence at the last minute to see if there's any other interest, but I don't know that there is. So I think that IT is going to be going to Orlando to, uh, to help compete. I think that they want to compete. I think they're, they're tired of tanking. Um, and they, between Isaac and Bamba and bringing back Gordon, uh, which was also a very solid off season for them. Um, I, I think that IT will help them immensely. And they, they really have no point guard. So I was looking, um, they got DJ Augustine, who's making $7.2 million um, for each of the next two seasons. Um, and then they did a trade to get Jerry and Grant, who I think is highly underrated. Um, he's a very solid piece, but he's not a starter. Uh, so IT would immediately be inserted into the starting lineup for them. Yeah, for sure. Jerry and Grant was a piece that, uh, I look, he would have liked the Thunder to get back at point guard if we didn't bring back Ray Felton just because his brother's Jeremy Grant. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I'm with you on IT. Um, you know, when we did the live mod draft pod on Thunder Chats, uh, I had them picking Trey Young just for the fact that they didn't have a good point guard on their team. <laughs> they had DJ Augustine, Shelvin Mack, and uh, Rodney Purvis at the time. So, yeah, I think IT makes a lot of sense there. I think you said, uh, too, like, oh, Alfred Payton would be a good fit here. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, especially since he cut his hair. Immediately 40% from three. <laughs> Instantly. All right, Stu, go ahead and talk a little bit about Jabari Parker. All right. Um, well, Jabari Parker, for me, is uh, one of the most interesting guys because – I'm not certain he's a restricted free agent and I'm not certain that Milwaukee would match anything. And, uh, both Sacramento and Atlanta can afford to offer him kind of 18 million plus. So I think we might see Jabari Parker moving teams. If I were to pick one, like a better fit for him. Um, I think came on Atlanta when with Doncic, and they've just got a, a, a good young core. Could be pretty interesting. So that's uh, my, my my bold prediction. I'm saying Jabari Parker, leaving Milwaukee for sure, probably going to Atlanta. Trey Young's at Atlanta, not Doncic. Oh, man, I got that wrong like three four times already. Uh, yeah, no, my bad. Sorry. No, you're yeah. good. No, even better, though, actually, because, uh, no, that gives Trey Young somebody. He's got an older guy who's a consistent bucket getter that he can feed the rock to so he doesn't have to shoulder all of the playmaking responsibilities there. Yeah, for sure. There you go. I, I helped out your take, man. Yeah, thank you. Correct me. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, I, I've got Wayne Ellington. And, you know, just like Marcus Smart, Wayne Ellington's a guy that can help any team um, just because he's a phenomenal three-point shooter. Um, he knows what he does good, and he – he does it good. So, uh, I would love to see him go to the Thunder, as a lot of these people that I'm going to talk about would love to see go to the Thunder. Um, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Miami brought him back. Um, I feel like there's not a lot of scoring on that team. Um, definitely not a lot of shooting, uh, with the exception of Josh Richardson. Um, so, I feel like, you know, he kind of found his niche, 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 whatever the word is, down in Miami. And uh, I felt like it was good for his career. And 
I, I don't really see a reason that he should leave there unless it's to come to OKC. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it'd be really nice for them to bring Ellington back in Miami and put him right next to Carmelo Anthony, right? <laughs> yeah, you got you got uh, two three-point shooters, theoretically. Right. Come on, Pat Riley, make it happen. Speaking of a theoretical three-point shooter, Maddie, talk about Rodney Hood. Theoretical. Um, so, Vlade Divots, uh, I missed out on uh, Zach Levine, so I will bring in Rodney Hood. Um, I, it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, they got Bogdanovich making $9 million. Uh, They got De'Aaron Fox at point, who's not going anywhere. Um, But according to Schultz report, the Kings are showing serious interest in uh, signing Rodney Hood. So, yeah. All right. Uh, They like to load up on shooting guards and uh, big men. So, there you go. Would it really be an offseason if the Kings didn't make a signing that made you go, huh? (laughs) This is exactly 100% valid. Uh, Stu, go ahead and chime in with uh, Montrez Harrell. This is another guy who's uh, a restricted free agent. Um, unlike Jabari, though, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think uh, the Clippers are in a rough spot right now, and uh, they're rebuilding, and you can't afford to let go of young pieces who look like they might be solid rotation guys. So, uh, I would imagine that Harold stays in L.A. Hey, speaking on the Clippers real quick, did you guys see Shea the other night? I I, uh, I didn't watch the game. Was he, did he put up numbers? Dude, he was eating everybody. Like, he was draining jumpers left and right, slicing through the lane. Like, he, he, he made people look like they were in quicksand. They you know, just... I like to see my Canadians do well. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I think Harrell would be good there at the Clippers. Obviously, you know that's where he was this past season, and uh, they've lost a lot of their pieces. Um, so it'd be good to just have warm bodies on that roster at this point. So Harrell qualifies. Exactly. Um, Side note: Sorry to get off on a tangent. Who is the face of their franchise right now? Shea Gilgis Alexander. Yeah. Yeah. Genuinely. I mean, well, but he's a two, right? Nah, well, he can play both, but he's he's better with the ball in his hands. Yeah, he played one at Kentucky, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so they're going to probably, after Tadoshitz is gone, they're probably going to play Shea at the one? They'll probably start Shea over Tadoshitz now. Like, Tadoshitz can't play defense at all. So they're giving Lou Williams eight million dollars a year, and they just are paying. They just gave Avery Bradley a twenty-five million dollar contract for two years. So the two spots pretty well locked up. Uh, Gallinari is twenty-one and twenty-two million over the next two years. Um, yeah, ugh. Mm. Um, I mean, you can go to Italy and live the dream there. Uh, they got so much money coming off the books, though, next year. Um, I don't know. It's just – it's an interesting thing. What 
what is the logo doing uh, in Clipperland? We'll see. There's a lot of guys who say they want to play in L.A., not necessarily for the Lakers. This... Like Kawhi Leonard's camp, by chance? Oh, Jay, Jay and Kawhi would be a nice little pairing. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, not quite the same competition window, but okay. <laughs> All right, um, I'm gonna go ahead and jump on with uh, Michael Beasley. Woo! The Beast Breeze, the man who was feeling the hot hand since he popped out of the womb. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like. You know, as I said, there's a lot of people I'd like to see go to the Thunder. Honestly, I wouldn't hate him to go to the Thunder because the Thunder needs offense off of their bench, guys that can create their own shot. But I feel like he's going to go back to where it all began. As I mentioned earlier, I don't feel like the Heat has enough offensive, uh, offensively-minded players, um, specifically ones that create their own shot or shoot three balls. So I think Beasley fits nicely with what the Heat are trying to do right now. That's reasonable. I'd, I'd like to see. I'd like to see him go back home, so to speak. Him and Wade, right there, but right back in the day. The dream. That's what all the Heat fans are waiting for. All right, Maddie, Greg Monroe. So I've had a lot of uh, a lot of issue about where I think that he's going to go. Um, he was a buyout candidate last year and ended up going to Boston and didn't really find a good, a good spot in that rotation. I immediately, I, I thought maybe he goes to the Clippers. Um, but I think San Antonio is a, is a good spot for him. Um, when you think about who the Spurs have at the four and the five spot, um, they have no one at the five spot right now. Uh, Pal Gasol, you count him as a five. <laughs> he plays the five for them, but he's he's kind of a slow power forward um, in today's game, and so is LaMarcus Aldridge. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have both of those guys making uh, a lot of money, but that's where their rotation kind of ends, right? So I think for, for uh, an MLE type of candidate, I think that uh, Monroe makes a lot of sense for San Antonio. He just looks – it just feels like that would be a spot for him. Honestly, I don't even feel like you'd have to give an MLE. I think you can get him for vet man. Yeah, prob- probably. That's true. I, I think I overvalue the market. There's just no money to go around right now. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. And then, you know, I, I like your thinking though. Um, especially with Lamarcus kind of spreading this game out, uh, being able to hit threes. Um, you know, the paint could be wide open um, if you play alongside Lamarcus Aldridge and uh, their assortment of guards because they're not going to have Kawhi. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I feel like that would be a good signing for them. Stu, we touched on it a second, man. But uh, what, where do you think Dwayne Wade's going to go? I kind of addressed it as a foregone conclusion. He comes back to Miami, but he has not re-signed yet. So where do you think he's going? Yeah, he's not re-signed yet. But um, my jaw would be on the floor if he moves at this point. He he tried to move and ring chase by going to Cleveland last year, and it didn't work out at all. So I think he's probably content to just finish out his career in Miami. He's a legend there, and 
gets to be a MVP for his last couple seasons. Right off into the sunset. Exactly. I like it. I like it. I agree. No, no complaints on that one for me. Um, talked about Shabazz Napier. Uh, you know, this was a guy. He was pretty important for the Portland Trailblazers, um, especially in the regular season. Uh, there was nobody really important in the playoffs for him. <laughs> but uh, he hasn't resigned yet with Portland. I feel like that's ultimately his best fit because he's a he's a nice backup to Dame. Um, in terms of the point guard spot. But, again, this is a guy I feel like could be great for the Thunder. He can create for them. All right, I'm going to stop talking about the Thunder. No, I think he goes back <laughs> to the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, that's that's probably about right. I just feel like, uh, you know, maybe, maybe Orlando, if they miss out on uh, uh, Isaiah Smith. But, I mean, like you said, it's pretty much a foregone conclusion. Isaiah Thomas is going to Orlando. So, I, I feel like I feel like Portland can get him relatively cheap. I don't think he his market value is anything more than a mid-level. At best, yeah. He's probably a bad mid guy as well. Yeah. So, that's what I got for Shabazz Napier. Maddie, what do you think about David West? Uh, Golden State, they uh, they gotta lick their wounds after losing their franchise player in Zaza Pachulia, <laughs> the Detroit Pistons. Um, they really don't have a lot of depth at center, at least not yet. Um, and so they right now they're only showing Damian Jones at center, and then they've got Jordan Bell and Draymond Green at the four. Um, now, granted, for them, they don't play a traditional big man. They they space the floor a lot. And Wes can do basically everything that they need to do uh, in cleanup time or in, in a bench roll. So it just makes too much sense that he would that he would uh, stay in Golden State. Jonas Jerebko, man. I'm just kidding. I mm. know he plays like the three. <laughs> um, Maddie, what do you think about Jamal Crawford? Oh. oh, Stu. Stu, wow. <laughs> really hey, get you. Um, but no, actually, we're moving from ring chaser to ring chaser uh, from West to Crawford. Uh, I think Crawford is at a stage in his career where if Golden State offers him bad men to show up and score off the bench and coast to a championship, he'll probably take that. And like, uh, like we've been saying, they lost Swaggy P, so if they don't retain him, I think Crawford's as good a replacement as any. And kill OKC for like eight for ten from three well, and about twelve minutes off the bench. You don't gotta speak evil on our team, Maddie. Hey, Jamal Crawford <laughs> kills us every time. This is true. He he's one of the premier OKC killers alongside JJ Berea and Jody Meeks. Mm, Berea. <laughs> Um, I got Iso Joe on here, and, you know, I, I kind of struggle on, you know, where he could fit. I mean, obviously, he's not going to get more than a vet minimum. Um, and, you know, he could go to a team like, uh, you know, like a Sacramento. He can go back to Atlanta. 
finish out his career there if he wants to. But I feel like ISO Joe's about done. And you guys can chime in on that if you want to. But I just feel like it's about done. It's going to be a very different role going forward for him. Like, he, he is definitely no longer – he's spot up Joe now at best. <laughs> he's sloppy Joe at this point. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to have to recover from that one. Yeah, I I feel like he could take on, like, the – kind of like the Nick Collison role at a team. Obviously, not the Nick Collison role, but, you know, just that vet guy at the end of your bench to provide veteran leadership. Um, They can go in and get buckets at the end of games, uh, provide a show for fans. Um, But the games I saw him playing last year, he looked – disinterested so I feel like he's kind of bored yeah I don't I don't know anywhere that that would really be a solid fit for him where he could actually get playing time at this point all right what about Alex Lynn Maddie um well the Lakers just lost Brooke Lopez um to the Bucks. So, devastating. I don't, I don't know what Alex Lynn's market really is going to be. He's he's got some skill, um, but he's nothing more than a rotational piece, right? Like that's his ceiling. Um, I, I see him fitting in with the Lakers as a solid rotational piece. They, they really, I mean, JaVale McGee, he, he's got talent. He can play. He's like a, a poor man's Clint Capella in a lot of aspects, right? But he doesn't play a ton of minutes. And so um, being able to bring in Lynn uh, that can shoot a little bit, uh, that can provide uh, some good rebounding for – what the Lakers are obviously going to need with no three point shooters on their team outside of, um, well, they got Ingram and and Kuzma and and LeBron can shoot well, but everybody else is, is breaking for days. So I I think they're going to bring in another center at some point. And McGee just doesn't, um, I don't know that he's got the endurance uh, to be their, their really their lone guy at the five. Yeah, that's all fair, man. And, you know, it's it's crazy to think, like, looking back, Alex Lynn was the number one pick. <laughs> How far has he gone? Hey, he dominated Nerland's Noel for one game in college and convinced me that he was the next big thing at center. And that's really all that matters. So That's all that mattered to everybody else, too. That, <laughs> that, that was his marquee game. <laughs> Certainly. Unreal. All right, Stu. I feel like I know where this is going to go. I kind of threw you a bone here with this one, but uh, what, what do you think happens with Vince Carter? Yeah, okay. I'm going to say what you want me to say right away here. And yeah, <laughs> I mean, ideally, maybe he signs a Batman with the Raptors, and that would be a real nice situation for him to retire. Um, more likely, though, I don't think signing him to a Batman is in line with what the Raptors are trying to do for the future. I think it's a lot more likely that that last spot on the roster ends up going to somebody young. Um, and I think Vince 
probably ends up in LA, maybe in OKC, just someplace, some contender that needs shooting off the bench. And uh, I can't see him going back to Toronto, but I've been wrong before and I would be happy to see him back. Oh yeah, man. I mean, I, I feel like he'll definitely end his career in Toronto, whether it's on a, on like a last season, like a last ride, or if he just signs a one-day contract so he can retire after. Yeah, I feel like the one-day is more likely at this point, but we'll wait and see. I've been wrong before, often, in fact. That, that's fair, that's fair. Um, my last, last free agent we have, obviously there's a couple more out there, but they're just not like difference makers, I guess. Uh, Swaggy P, man. Where is Swaggy P going to win? Fresh off a championship. Fresh off of, uh, you know, just this emotional high that he's been on. Probably more than emotional high that he's been on. <laughs> and the question is, where is he going to land? Um, honestly, <laughs> the route that they've been going, I wouldn't be surprised to see him back in L.A. Um, you know, as I mentioned before, you know, they're adding a team full of head cases to surround around LeBron. I can't talk. To surround around LeBron. Say that five times fast. <laughs> um, but none of them can really are really like proven shooters. I feel like uh, Swaggy P could give you everything that J.R. Smith was and make LeBron feel right at home. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I was worried you were going to put a butt after it could give you everything that J.R. Smith was. Like Swaggy P is just J.R. Smith, but he plays in the West. <laughs> They're the same this is, player. This is true. I, I feel like – I feel like – I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like Swaggy P would know that um, they were down – or they were tied and they were up at the end of that game. <laughs> uh, yeah, ideally he would know how much time was on the clock. <laughs> That could be the test. Maybe they run, like, a fake simulation, and LeBron's like, all right, what's going on here? And if he fails, all right, you're just like JR. Get the frick out of here. <laughs> that's, a, that's a fun situation to think about. <laughs> all right, guys, we, we've talked our heads off on uh, free agency. Let's, let's hit the Summer League, the big event in the NBA that everybody looks forward to every year. Summer, summer, summer time. That was terrifying. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, no, so, it was. It was bad for me, too, so don't worry. <laughs> All right, so this segment we're going to call More or Less, and it's just like we would – just like it's named. Give me something you want more of in the summer league and give me something you want less of. And uh, we're going to switch it up a little bit. Stuart, we're going to start with you. Um. Yeah, so it's my – Disturbingly, Raptors slanted more or less. But um, first off, I want more Rally Aikens. Um, the Arizona shooting guard, it's when he's appeared in the summer league, I think he's looked great. He's athletic. He's a good defender, and he can knock down some shots. And then uh, that translates directly into what I want less of, which is uh, Alfonso McKinney, who's been a feature on our summer league team for four years now and has never really looked that good. And I'm just about done with seeing him. So, yeah. Less Alfonso McKinney. That is fair. Matt, you want to jump on next? Yeah, I would like more Thunder wins, like what happened over that uh, that scrub team from the north. That's just so so unnecessary. 
<laughs> it's summer league and I'm talking smack. Whatever. That drubbing, man. <laughs> um, no, Hamadou Diallo. I think that dude is – he's going to be a stud. He's going to be in the league for 10-plus years. I'm completely overreacting. Um, <laughs> but, no, I, I, I like – I like his athleticism. He could jump out the building. Uh, he can shoot a little bit. How he lasted to the second round is beyond me. Um, I think he's going to be one of those guys that people are going to look back on and say, if we had a redraft, he was definitely in the lottery um, later on down the line. And then less uh, buffering issues on the ESPN app. I have the, the Amazon Fire Stick and uh, – or the, the Fire TV, rather. And trying to go through that has just been awful. Um, my, it, it just, it buffers every, like, every two minutes at times. And you wouldn't think it'd be, like, peak streaming time on, say, a Sunday afternoon. But it's, it's just really frustrating. ESPN, get your crap together. <laughs> I feel like that's fair to say. I feel like if there's a company in the world that should have their crap together, it's ESPN. <laughs> um, but kind of touching on your home baby album before I get into mine, um, I saw on Reddit, there was a, you know, we all know Reddit's a magical place. Um, I saw a conversation developing during the game um, after Hami grabbed a couple of, like, ridiculously athletic rebounds. And they said that Hamadou Diallo, right now, right now, is already better than Terrence Ferguson is. What, what, do, you, what do you feel about that, Maddie? Um, I think that his overall build is further along, but I'm not, I'm not willing to say that he's better than, than Terrence Ferguson. I mean, Ferguson scored 20 points in an actual NBA game against the Lakers last year. So I'm going to pump the brakes a little bit on that, but I'm very optimistic. Hey. So that's, that's how I can keep both parties happy. And I, I feel like that's, that's very fair in saying, like I said, you know, Reddit's magical place. Sometimes you have people that know what they're talking about. And some people are just bored and putting out nonsense. And I feel like that was of the latter, <laughs> but uh, on my more of less, I need more of ridiculous dunks in the Summer League. Uh, Donovan Mitchell said it best on Twitter. Uh, the Summer League needs to have a dunk contest, man, because some of the dunks that these dudes are uh, doing in the Summer League, these no-name people that, like, like this is the only time anybody ever watches them, they are showing out. Um, Kevin Knox, Hamdou Diallo, Derek Jones. Like, they are just – I mean, you know, the list goes on. They're just – tearing that rim down and it's it's super entertaining to watch a game that literally means nothing but to be entertained <laughs> and uh my less of man i don't know if you guys uh got to watch the game i think you got to watch a little bit too maddie i don't know if you got to watch the summer league game today but um in the middle of the fourth quarter they were interviewing andre robertson and so what i want less of is uh well how did that? How did I word this? Where's that? Okay, Wes interviews when the interviewer has no idea what they're talking about. Because started off the interview, he's like, "You're coming back for injured Achilles." No, he's coming back from a ruptured patellar tendon. 
said, one of the premier three and D players in the league. It's okay, you can laugh at that statement. Yeah, I was gonna say he's <laughs> never hit a three in his life. Don't put that. Don't tell him he's a three and D player. And then to double down on a statement of being a three and D player later in the interview, he talked about his effectiveness in the corner. He's so, effective at standing there. Yeah, he's, hey, he's good there at cutting. Anyone. Yeah, the ba- the backdoor cut comes from the corner. Yeah, that that's that's about it. But it, he he even said specifically like shooting from the corner, his effectiveness in shooting from the corner. So you know, I know it's the off season. I know it's summer league, and you don't have the hugest audience out there right now. But the internet is forever. Twitter went crazy when you called Andre Robertson a three and D player. Get your crap together if you're going to interview people on national television. Yeah, I mean they do less research than I do, and that's saying something. So that's terrible. All right, real quick, uh, we got a couple more segments to hit on, and uh, we'll wrap this up. Because we, we, I mean, there was so much to cover in free agency that we went a little long, but we'll get there together. Episode one, it happens. Yeah. We're, we're working through it. It's a work in progress. Um, the first segment we're going to go through here is Would You Rather? And basically what this is, is it's Would You Rather? The NBA questions. And so an example I have is Would You Rather get screened by Kevin Garnett or Steven Adams? And then you tell them why. And I have one. Uh, if you guys have one, I think we could do like one apiece. And yeah, just ask ask all of us and see what they say. Works for me. I got one. All right. Uh, I'll go first. I haven't gone first the whole podcast. So, <laughs> my first one you're going to get dunked on by an NBA player. Would you rather get dunked on by Russell Westbrook or LeBron James? Whoever wants to speak up first. Um,. LeBron is six foot eight, so I feel like if you were trying to photograph it, um, depending on the angle, you might not be able to see me if LeBron dunked on me, <laughs> and that's a pretty big selling point for me. So I'm gonna say LeBron. All right, that works. What about you, Maddie? Um, yeah, I gotta say LeBron for sure uh, for all of those reasons. I feel like Russ might punch you. Yeah. Well, and and I wouldn't want that. I don't know. They both scowl, but I don't know. I I feel like I feel like Russ would be looking into my soul at Russ, some for, for some reason. Yeah. I, I'm gonna defer a little bit. I'm gonna say I want to get dunked on by Russell Westbrook. First of all, it would be an honor and a privilege to be dunked on by ridiculousness. Um, but second of all, like you guys said, LeBron 6'8 built like a truck. If he dunked on me, I'd probably die. Oh, that's a good point. I didn't really think about that. It's true. It's a lot of weight hitting you all at once. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, Russ is athletic and he's fast, but LeBron's probably just as athletic at his size and probably just as fast, and he weighs a lot more. So, I'm taking Russ all day on that one. Yeah, but you just got to get it over with quickly, right? Like, you won't feel a thing. It'll just – You'll wake up in a hospital, and then that'll be it. Now's LeBron paying for the hospital. <laughs> there you go. All right, Stu, give me yours, man. Uh, all right. Would you rather be the general manager of the Phoenix Suns or the Brooklyn Mets? 
Uh, for me, uh, it's the Phoenix Suns, and it's not even close. Um, just because you have promising young players and DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker. Um, and, I mean, really, that's all I have to say because that's all I need to say. I mean, the best player on the Nets at this point is D'Angelo Russell. Sure, you have Jared Allen coming along, but after that, uh, you have no cap space to work with and a bunch of bad contracts and a bunch of underwhelming players. So, I'm taking the Suns all day. Um, I'm going to take the Nets because I like setting the bar really low. (laughs) And it doesn't matter really who I take with a draft pick. The fact that we would have draft picks to begin with is uh, a trend in the right direction. Um, And I, I think ultimately the Nets will be on their way back. The big key is them playing in the East with less competition. Oh, okay. Um, All right. And, and eventually I think that it's going to even out a little bit. And when they finally, you know, they're going to be potentially in three years, right? They could be where Philly is now. So I, I, I like Brooklyn. So I, I like to hear that as the, uh, as the swing vote in this, would you rather I'm siding with the Nets as well for similar reasons. I feel mm-hmm. like, you give them like three years, they could be in a pretty good situation. I'm just not a patient person. <laughs> I need results. I'm a win now guy. And you're a Thunder fan? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But hey, Russ produces, so it make, it it it, put, it appeases me, I guess. All right. Well, that was Would You Rather. Um. Uh, well, I'll I'll touch on this part at the end but we're going to go ahead and get into our next segment which is called jack of all trades this is a, a segment in which we talk about trades that we would like to see happen could be for our teams could be for uh, another team uh looking at the google doc it's for our teams so uh, maddie go ahead with your first one um so yeah um i have a three-team trade um one, I got uh, Wiggins going back to the Cavs, um, and I've got uh, Love going to the T-Wolves, and I've got Butler going to the Thunder as the main pieces, with the Thunder giving back um, Ferguson and Abrinas and uh, a draft pick, as well as cash considerations to the Wolves. Um, I think that Putting Sexton and, and Wiggins uh, on the team together gives them the same uh, window. They both kind of get to grow together. Um, love going back to the T-Wolves makes a lot of sense. Put him next to Carl Anthony Towns. Now, granted, they're not going to defend anyone, <laughs> but it just makes a lot of sense. Uh, a lot of sense for them. Um, and uh, I like Jimmy Butler going to the Thunder. He's expiring contract he has been vocal about not really wanting to stick around um in minnesota because he he doesn't like their work ethic well the thunder has have a great work ethic and we could sell him on our culture over the course of a year just like we did with paul george um and scare money don't make none and so i think that we'd be willing to uh to give a lot of assets to get jimmy butler to us now, let, let me play devil's advocate a little bit here. Um, do you feel like if we bring Jimmy Butler on, um, 
do we get rid of Dre at that point? Because ultimately Butler would take that starting shooting guard spot, and I don't feel like Dre's effective coming off the bench. No, we play Dre at the four. Oh. And then we defend everybody all day, every day. Okay. And then we've got three guys that can that can score twenty five points a game, potentially. All right, interesting. I like it. I like. My, you definitely thought about this a whole lot harder than I had to. Um, Stu, you want to go next, or you want me to take it? Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead. I'll, I'll go next because mine is entirely substantiated just off rumors. So uh, I might as well sandwich it between your guys's. Uh, not, I've been seeing floating around uh, on the Twitter sphere that uh, Kelly Leonard and the uh, Toronto Raptors are potentially connected. And I think trading one of Kyle Lowry or DeMar DeRozan, preferably Kyle Lowry, uh, to San Antonio to replace the exiting Tony Parker uh, in exchange for Kelly, you'd probably have to send him a pick and probably a young piece as well. Fortunately, the Raptors have a ton. Um, to bring Kelly to Toronto, because I think that's uh, – you put that team together, that's a team that can win the East and give whoever ends up winning the West, Golden State, um, a run for their money. All right. Yeah, but I, I, I mean, we both sent the thing about Kawhi to you, and I, I know as a Raptors fan you had to get hyped about the possibility of Kawhi coming there. Um, it's definitely interesting. Do, do you think he resigns there? I think if we win, I think if we make finals, he he resigns. I think he has to. Like, um, yeah. No, go on. Sorry. No, yeah. Let me put it this way: um, if he doesn't give you an assurance that he's going to resign, do you still want? Is that still a move that you want to make? Yeah, it is because um, even then, it accelerates the rebuild. Because then, uh, Lowry's contract is off the books in two years. And Cowie's being off in a year. So you get one last chance to make a run. And if it doesn't turn out and he doesn't re-sign, then all that does is push your timeline forward one year. All right. That works, man. All right, mine is, uh, I mean, it's, if, if you've been on Twitter or Reddit, this is pretty uh, standard to you. But it's a uh, bring Kevin Love to OKC, man. You know, we have the expiring contract of Carmelo Anthony. Um and we have uh, desirable pieces in Terrence Ferguson, Alex Brainus. Uh, I feel like if you would package all of them, a combination of two of them together, uh, and if you only send one, then you know you would send a first-round pick in the future. Um, but I feel like Kevin Love makes a lot of sense on Oklahoma City. Um, the obvious reason, uh, he's everything that you would want Carmelo to be um, with literally like half not even half the ego like zero ego uh, i feel like kevin love is the perfect team guy um he has a pedigree of playing with russell westbrook and ucla uh, they have that chemistry already developed they've expressed a desire to play alongside of one another already and you know people tend to forget but kevin loves one of the best or one of the best rebounders in the league um uh, he didn't get to play alongside the basket a lot at Cleveland. But back in his Minnesota games, he was averaging 
around 20 rebounds a game. Um, even had 30 rebounds, I think, once. Um, so if you pair him alongside Steven Adams and, and Russell Westbrook, Thunder getting all the boards. <laughs> I mean, I've been watching Kevin Love highlights pretty much on loop for the last, like, three days. So I love the fit. Um, I just – I don't know if we can get it done directly, but I – I would love to have love in OKC, for sure. Matt, you're all about these dad puns, ain't you? I mean, I've been tweeting them, so if it, it, it shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody. <laughs> all right, our last segment is called Pro Hop and Step Back. Basically, that we're going to talk about here uh, who we think is going to take a hop or progress the season. And who's going to take a step back in uh, regression this season? So uh, I will go ahead and kick it to the creator of this segment, Stuart Gardner. Ooh, I, I like it. I like the credit. Thank you. Thank you. There you go. Um, all right. Yeah. So we're kicking off. Uh, my my pro hop has got to be Brandon Ingram. He made great strides last year. I, from the Lakers games, I watched uh, attacking the basket. I thought he looked much improved. And I think this year he takes a step forward shooting the three and shooting for mid-range and really kind of vaults himself into conversation for one of the better young players in the league. And then my step back, I kind of alluded to this earlier on, uh, but I think Boogie regresses. And that's that's for a couple reasons. First and foremost, uh, Achilles injuries are uh, problematic. And the recovery, the, the numbers on guys coming back from them and being the same aren't great. So that's a concern to begin with. And then on top of that, uh, Golden State is an offense that uh, is all about moving the ball around. Uh, they score the fewest unassisted points in the NBA. Only 36% of their points come unassisted. And uh, Boogie scores most of his points unassisted with his back to the basket, nice and slow. So I think he'll be more of an awkward fit in Golden State than people are assuming. I'll kick it on. All right, Maddie, what you got, brother? Um, I mean, just like Jalen Brown took a big step uh, in his second year, I think that Jason Tatum takes a similar step in his second year. Uh, I really like uh, what they're doing in Boston. I like the fact that they've basically made both of them untouchable. And uh again the east is so wide open um as as far as who can take maybe the the fourth through say the the 10th best record but pretty much we know that it's it's going to be Toronto, Philly and Boston duking it out for the the top tier yeah and i think that if if Boston is going to take that step to be a legitimate uh, title contender, not just to make it to the finals, but to win, they're going to need Tatum to make that, make that step in his second year. They, they won't say be able to go against golden state and miss 20 plus threes in a row. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I know that sounds flukish, but then Houston was like, hold my beer and, and miss 27 in a row the next game. Um, Tatum's going to have to be big and he's going to have to score 30 plus in a lot of games 
Um, and I think his game is conducive to that, especially how the game is played today. So I think he improves big time. Um, I think CP3 regresses, especially if they lose Capella. Um, yeah. They, between CP3 and Harden uh, working around the perimeter, that spaced the floor out so much for Capella to come get backdoor lobs and, and to do a lot of work, uh, a lot of dirty work. He was able to get 15 and 11, and, and he would – you wouldn't even think that he that he'd have that halfway through the third quarter. CP3 needs that needs that big man that he can lob the ball to. Um, he wears down towards the end of games. Uh, he wears down towards the end of series. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why he wasn't able to play in games six and seven in the Western Conference Finals. Um, I think it's finally time. Not finally time. I don't want to make it sound like I'm anti CP3, but I think we. I think we do see the wheels start to fall off on him this year. I'm, uh, I'm with you on CP3, Maddie. I'm curious, do you think the uh, need for Tatum to improve will be a little bit less with them getting Gordon Hayward back? So that's interesting. I think you start answering that question with what are they doing with Brown? Yeah. Um, because if, if they play Brown – kind of in a they're, – they're really a weird team as constructed. Mm-hmm. They have all these guys that traditionally you could play at the three. They play Tatum at the four. But then if you start operating with a big man that op, that is as skilled as Tatum is, right, he's basically – I would say a poor man's Kevin Durant at this point, right? Like he is what we thought that Ingram – he is, after his rookie year – where we thought that we would have seen Ingram progress to by this point. Yeah. Is that, is that pretty fair to say? No, that's fair. And, I would say Ingram can still get there, but uh, Tatum definitely seems like he is there right now. Right. He's a little bit ahead in that development. Yeah. Um, what, what type of role do they expect Brown to play in that offense? Um, on that team, right? We know that he can be a hustle guy and he can, he can potentially be a, a big-time defender for them. Um, which Gordon Hayward really isn't, right? So they can throw Brown potentially on the other team's best wing um, and allow Hayward to kind of flex. But with just all the spacing they have, I mean, they could legitimately shoot the three, one through five. Yeah, for real. Which means – which means that Tatum is going to be eating either wide open threes all day or he's going to be – able to go one-on-one against probably an undersized guy who's playing at the four and probably who's a lot slower than he is. So we're going to see a lot of, we could see ISO Tatum in a lot of scenarios and we could see him just hit the open three. And both of those, I mean, are great for his development. And if there's anybody that can maximize his development, it's Stevens. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, for sure. Well, let me just say that if, our 2K game earlier was any indication. <laughs> Jason Tatum's going to have no problem eating six of 11 threes, 28 points a game. Yeah, I want that version of Jason. That version of Jason Tatum is like all NBA level. Boston would be excited if that went down. Oh, gosh. All right, before I uh, dwell too much on my 2K loss, daggone Pistons can't shoot a three. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and do my uh, 
pro hop and step back. I've got a for pro hop. I think PG improves. Um, you know, obviously he had a great season with the Thunder. Um, he averaged like twenty one points, made more threes than he did in his entire career, and you know, ultimately he was having his best career that he's had. And then the All Star break happened. He made one shot in the three point shootout, and he left his shot in Los Angeles. Um, he really struggled shooting the ball after that. Um, yeah, he had a lot of steals, a lot of defect, deflections, and he was playing good defense when Dre was healthy. But after Dre went out and Paul George was thrust into that role, once again, being the primary defender, he even regressed on defense and it tired him out a little bit. Um, something that not a lot of people, not enough people are talking about is after the season, Paul George had surgery on his knee, which, um, you know, isn't anything to be worried about. It was just a scope. But he also had surgery on his forearm because he had what was called bursitis, which really messed with his shooting. He had bursitis in his shooting arm. Um, And that is presumably taken care of. It's presumably fixed. So if Paul George is able to come back and, you know, shoot like he was before the All-Star break, then I I think it's obvious he improves because – even though he made more threes and then his entire career, if he's able to hit 40, 45% from three, even like he was shooting, then the Thunder would be hard to beat, man. Um, and then this, this is kind of a hot take here. I think LeBron regresses. Um, it's, it's a hot take just because based on last season, arguably his best season of his career in his 15th year, but it's his, it was his 15th year. This is his 16th year. He's going to a team that he's not comfortable with. He doesn't have any chemistry with these guys so far, even though he's handpicked them. He hasn't gone out there and played on the court with them. Um, he doesn't have a lot of spacing in terms of uh, you know shooting around the floor, people that can space the floor. And he's playing with a lot of guys that rely on having the ball in their hands, like Rajon Rondo, Rondo Ball. And uh, White Man Stu was talking about before the pod, Lance Stevenson. You know, uh, Lance Stevenson's best years have been in Indiana, and not just because he can only play good in the state of Indiana, but because he thrives with the ball in his hand. He didn't really have that chance at the Clippers or the Hornets or wherever else he was at. I think he was at the Grizzlies first net. Um, but he, he needs to have the ball in his hand. So I, I think it's going to take some time for uh, that team to kind of hit their stride and kind of figure out what they're doing, find their identity offensively. And I think LeBron's going to – I think his numbers are going to suffer because of that. I think that's a hot take, but a fair take. Uh, I I think 16 years in the league, you'd have to expect him to start reeling it back at some point, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean – I mean, most people can't even do it this long. They can't produce what he's producing this long. So, you know, you hate to count him out, but, I mean, at this point, going to a new team with this many ball-dominant guys, I feel like this is when it starts to happen. Now, I'm not saying that this is the end of his career, but I'm saying this year, this filling out period, you know, he signed a four-year deal with him, so he's not done, but – this filling out period, I feel like this year could be one of his worst statistically. Mm-hmm. What do you got to say about that, Maddie? I mean, I I agree with your 
with your mindset, um, it will eventually happen. I just said so with CP3 uh, after he's coming off of one of his best seasons of his career. Um, although CP3 was, he missed a lot of time and LeBron played every possible game, which is remarkable. Um, if they had more spacing on that team, it would make more sense to me. But they, it's just a really weird compilation of pieces for me that doesn't seem like it's going to to be conducive to what LeBron does the best. If if LeBron does play off ball, which it'd be literally 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 and figuratively, <laughs> um, because uh, Lonzo is going to have to basically run the offense then you can see a dip in numbers, but maybe an increase in efficiency. I, I, I don't know. I, I think I could see it go either way yeah. um, with that for sure. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, LeBron James is the caliber of player that can easily go out there and put up an MVP season so deserving of an MVP that he actually wins an MVP and just shove it down my face. But, no, I, 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 that, that's just how I feel, man. You know, I'm looking at his situation. I'm looking at where he's at in his career, and I just feel like this this could be a year where he has a down year. It makes a lot of sense. All right, fellas. Well, hey, we covered a lot. We covered free agency. We covered trades. We covered would-you-rathers, and we covered progression and regression. Um we had a couple segments that we haven't got to get to. I'll just go ahead and tease those real quick. We got a segment called Tongue in Cheek, where we're just going to rant about stuff that make us mad. I feel like a team that starts with the W ends with the Warriors is going to be the subject of that a lot. Um, <laughs> we're going to have a subject called Acronyms, Numbers, and Nodding. This is a uh, nod. <laughs> See what I did there? This is a nod to our name, Stat Chasers. Um, I am not a stat chaser. I, I don't know hardly anything about the advanced stats, but these two guys right here, um, they will take you into a deep dive of the acronyms and numbers, as I so lovingly call them, and I will sit here and nod and agree with them. And then the last one, and the most important one, because this involves you guys. This segment doesn't happen without you guys. This segment is called Hollow. That's my uh, best Missy Elliott impersonation. But what you can actually do is you can go to Anchor app. You can download this app and uh, create an account. Look up Stat Chasers, spelled like it sounds. Um, and uh, you can actually leave us a voice message. You can ask us a question about basketball, about stats, about another sport, about life in general. Or you can just say you like what we're doing, or you can say you hate us. If you say you hate us, we probably won't put it on the podcast. But, you know, you can voice your opinion. But, uh, yeah, we just we just want to have your guys' voices heard. And like I said, you know, we'll pick one of those voicemails, we'll play it over the podcast, and then we'll talk about it. And that will be a weekly segment called Holla with, like, six A's. So, super excited for that. Um, Maddie, Stu, you guys got anything else? Uh, I, I can't say I do. Just uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how this grows and how we where we end up taking it. For sure, man. We're, we're chasing those stats. Yes, chasing sir. those numbers. Man. Yeah, just like Russell Westbrook stat padding, right? Woo. Just looking for them triple doubles. Oh. I, I guess 
I guess we're all going to be taking L's because it's not a win- winning formula <laughs> when Westbrook gets a triple-double. That'll be a rant some other day. That tongue-in-cheek um, segment for sure. E- yeah. Um, no, be sure to follow us at Stat Chasers on Twitter. Um, follow me at Matty Moles Pod. That's M-A-T-T-Y. M-U-L-L-S pod. Hey, Stu, where you at? Uh, you can follow me at um, Raptors Rundown on Anchor as well. That's just at Raptors Rundown, as, it's, as it sounds. Dylan? And that's that's all I got. Oh, yeah. Um, well, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, my personal is basically the same as my podcast because I just retweet Thunder stuff. Um, at Thunder Chats, at T-H under C-H-A-T-S. Um, follow me there for my, uh, you know, my takes on the Thunder, and I post podcasts about the Thunder there. But obviously, follow Stat Chasers. Um, I'm unsure if we're going to post this immediately, just because we're waiting on uh, distribution rights to the Apple Podcast and all that. But when this is posted, you will know that we will be on the Apple Podcast app. We'll be on the Google Play. Uh, store we'll be on spotify we'll be anywhere podcasts are available so please find us subscribe to us five star rate us and leave us a review tell us how much you love Stuart's canadian charm how much you love my senseless rambling and how much you love maddie's attempts at singing (laughs) (laughs) all right guys let's uh let's get out of here Stu, say bye all righty thank you so much guys bye maddie tell them bye Bye. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Remember, the chase is on. Peace. Peace. Peace.